Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 103. A fresh look at 3D printing, taking 360-degree panoramic pics, 999 for the 21st century, your thoughts on content downloading, plus ingress, screen sharing and carbon monoxide. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time for September 2014. This month sees an update to the Freeview TV numbering system. On the 3rd of September, the Freeview channel numbers for the children and news channels will change to make room for additional channels and services. If you're listening to this after the 3rd of September, run a quick scan for new channels on your Freeview TVs, boxes and recorders to pick up the changes. Next, eyes down and place your bets. September the 9th sees big announcements from Apple. Rumours are that the iPhone 6 and the iWatch will finally be on the table, along with 12-inch iPads and changes to Apple TV also rumoured. iOS 8 is also expected to be released, complete with support for health apps. Next, Sky's digital recorders are finally catching up with the TiVo. In the latest software update, Sky Plus adds recommendations based on what you watch and download. Smart Series Link has also been added, so your box will pick up on new series of shows you're a fan of. Now, more bad news for local TV. The company planning to launch in Birmingham, City TV, has just gone into administration before it was able to transmit its first programme. According to Ofcom, the two unsuccessful bidders have a shot at the licence, as long as they can be on air by the 3rd of November. Two months to launch a TV station. That'll be fun. Next, if you're interested in old images, a US academic is compiling a database of 12 million copyright-free images. These have been scanned from publications that were printed before the copyright laws kicked in. 2.6 million searchable photos are already online, using Flickr, with over 10 million more on the way. Some of the adverts from these publications, for things like chocolate worm cakes, make interesting viewing. There's a link on our show notes. Next, have you ever plugged your dongle where it didn't belong? Well, you might need a USB condom. Plugging your smartphone into a strange USB port to get a charge can be a risky business, as the charging point could easily be configured to download your phone's data. Even charging on a mate's laptop could result in photos you'd rather not have shared being synced. The solution is a $10 USB condom, a dongle that plugs into the USB port and disconnects the data lines while still leaving the power charge connector available. A quick well done to our Kelly for having a bucket of icy water poured over her head a few days before the show was released. The video clip has joined the millions of clips filling up Facebook feeds around the world. The campaign, of course, is raising awareness for ALS or MND in the UK, as well as funds for Macmillan. The clip of a very wet Kelly is up on our site if you want to see it. I'm done. 
And finally, are you addicted to your smartphone? How do you fancy a battery-free, waterproof device that doesn't require charging? No more shattered screens, and with some users reporting eye contact skills improving by up to 73%. It's thin, light, totally wireless, and could be a game changer. Could this handy phone substitute be for you? Find out at www.nophone.eu. Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. Focus time. Hello there, Kelly. Hi, Pete. How are you? Not too bad. Glad it's a little bit cooler. It was a little bit too hot for me when we were recording last month, but it seems to have cooled down a bit now. That's true. That one really cold. Well, shall I warm you up with a good dose of focus? Oh, go on then. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about is 3D printing. As you'll remember, Kelly, from the last show, we talked about this idea of instead of having to get a locksmith to break in, you can get a 3D printed version of your key. What do you think of that idea? Well, to be honest, for someone like me, it's, it's quite a good thing. I often forget mine, so um, it would be really, really useful. So the idea is you take a 3D scan of your key, upload it somewhere secure, then you can go to a local locksmith with a 3D printer and print it out. Now, we've had quite a lot of feedback. Uh, we had one from uh, Mike Lawson. This is what Mike had to say. Interesting article on cloning door keys using 3D printers. Presumably, this works on car keys too. How long before we all have 3D printers at home? And what else can we get up to with them? Well, there's a thought. If you had a 3D printer, what would you want to print? Oh, I don't know. little model of me for your desk. I feel that may be a little bit extreme. Door keys are a really, really good one. Window keys would be the first port of call, I think. Maybe even a couple of extra wine glasses when I have too many people over as well. Well, that's a thought. Apparently, in a recent survey, the things most people want them for is uh, personalised mobile phone cases or personalised mugs. Not quite what I was thinking, but uh, they apparently are the favourite things that people print. Uh, I'm not too sure about the mugs, but phone cases I can understand. If you remember, we talked uh, way back in uh, show 93 about something Asda were trialling where you can go into one of their supermarkets and they do a whole body scan of you and then you come back a little later and pick up a little model. You're quite keen on that idea, aren't you? No, not at all. I think it's so self-indulgent, though the idea of me having a superhero one once was quite amazing, but... Um, No, I don't think I'd be going into Asda and actually purchasing one. You know, I thought you'd bring up that superhero thing. You did get very upset about that, didn't you? And uh, let's see if we can uh, find the audio clip of that. That was at a sci-fi convention that we went to a few years ago where we spoke to a chap called Paul from Firebox about their technology and how they use 3D printing. We've uh, come up with a product where um, the customer uploads two photos of themselves, um, sort of passport style, one headshot, um, both side and straight on. We then turn that into a 3D render um, and print it on a uh, fancy 3D printer, which then allows the customer to pop it onto any action figure they want to be. So they could be Superman or Wonder Woman or Spider-Man and be a different person for every day of the week, basically. And how are these done? You say on a printer, and obviously these are three-dimensional. My printer is only two-dimensional. How are you, how are you doing that then? Well, there's this amazing technology that's been around for a little while called 3D printing, which is just like a desktop printer you get at home, which is like an inkjet, but instead of printing on the paper, it builds up layers of um, ink and um, this kind of powdered material and different colours as well, Um, and we turn it into full colour heads. 
And it's um, quite amazing. Even NASA are looking into this for putting into um, the orbiting space stations. So if an astronaut loses a spanner, NASA can email them a new spanner, which just blows my mind every time I think about it. Oh, now that is awesome. Oh, I like the idea of that. number of times I've said, you know, can you fax me a spare pencil or something like that? That's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like the idea of that. I'm assuming these, uh, these printers aren't 99 quid at PC World, though, are they? Um, no, they're a little bit more expensive. Um, the price ranges on how many colours you want, if you want colour, um, and they can go up to any sort of amount you can imagine, really. But they're designed to work in the office. So they, they're the size of um, a couple of filing cabinets, um, right down to actually desktop ones, which will just sit there and um, do like three colours, three basic colours. Um, but yes, they're not cheap, but they are amazing. There you go. So to answer Mike's question, how far away do you think we are from the days when we'll have our 3D printers at home? I don't know. Only about a couple of years, I'd think. Well, according to the survey that I've been reading, five years we'll all be printing in 3D at home. Oh, that's not too far away. Mmm, getting there, isn't it? And the prices are coming down. When we first looked at these, the prices were sort of in the £10,000 mark. But now you can go to Curry's and pick up a Cube 3D printer for a thousand. It's mm, still a bit expensive though. I, I can't imagine the average household is going to own one anytime soon at that price. Although, if you're into kit building, you could build your own 3D printer with a Velleman kit, which you can buy from Maplin, good old Maplin, 700 quid, you could build your own. Oh, I think I'd wait for the uh, for the real deal. Um, I, I can't imagine that that would go down very well in our house. I'd end up with almost like the Picasso of models kind of being put together all round the wrong way, upside down. It'd be a nightmare. And not cheap on the income guessing either. No, I, well, I'd guess not. I mean, the standard printer ink's bad enough, let alone a 3D printer. So go on then, how much does it cost? Well, if we're looking at this Maplin one, which does seem to be the cheapest way you can do it, uh, you actually buy the ink on a reel, so it's like a sort of a thin string, and they do it in different colours. It's £30 for a one kilogram reel, and that's just for one colour. And my guess is it's going to take up quite a lot of ink to create a 3D model. And that's the other thing, of course, is you've got to learn the software to get the modelling right to get what you want printed. So, uh, yes, not overly cheap yet, but it is getting there. The interesting thing is there are two different types of, well, ink, I suppose, for want of a better word. The Maplin one uses something called PLA, which is polylactic acid. I'm sure you're very familiar with that. Oh, of course, yes. I just keep a spare lot in, uh, in my back cupboard just in case. Well, you never know. That one is apparently biodegradable and compostable. So if you are into saving the environment, you can do a 3D print and uh, compost it and it'll biodegrade over the years. The other sort you can get, which is possibly the more common one, is the ABS plastic. That's that sort of more strong, durable stuff. But that, of course, is also recyclable. So uh, you'll be doing recyclable 3D printing. Let's just hope the cost of the ink comes down at the same rate the cost of the printers does. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. Let's get printing. Moving on, we're going to talk about 360-degree photos now with a special announcement from the guys at Google. Have you ever done any 360 sort of panoramic photo stuff? I've done a few, but not, not a lot, to be honest. Well, what we're going to take a look at now is this lovely new app that has just been released for the iPhone. It's been out on Android for a while, but it's just come out for the iPhone. And this is called Photosphere. Now, you're familiar with uh, Google Maps and uh, Google Street Maps? Yeah, of course. This lets you create your own and uh, have a little look at this. This is one I prepared earlier. So you basically get your finger on here and you can whiz around 
and see my office in 3D. Scroll up, scroll down, just the same as uh, Google Street Maps. How cool is that? I love that. That's absolutely amazing. And that would help me so much when I get lost. What this does is it basically stitches together photos. So you take a series of photos and you click away and it will build up a, uh, a photo image based on what you're clicking. So we can give this a little try now. Let's just do it in the studio here. So you have to line up the dot in the screen like this. It stitches them all together. So there's a little man there stitching Photosphere together and it joins up all the edges for you. And without too much hassle, we should have got a nice little photo. Let's just have a little look. Oh, amazing. Now, of course, we have looked at this kind of stuff before with a gentleman I think you fell in love with who's all about the uh, 360 photo. And who was that? Oh, I know. Bubble pics. Oh, you just got to love them, haven't you? Good old Tom Lawton. Now, you'll remember last time we met him, he had just started a Kickstarter campaign for his new version of a uh, thing that lets you do 360 photos. And we've got one. Have we? Hot off the press from Kickstarter. Let me show you this little baby. A bubble pod. There you go. Go on, pop it open. Isn't that good? It's one of the very first ones. It's got a little rubber bit on the top, which you drop your phone in. It's completely clockwork, so just wind that up for me. And when you press the button... Amazing. Now, when we spoke to Tom, we weren't allowed to talk about this. Do you remember? We were under strict embargo, but now we're not because it's out. So shall we hear from the man himself, Mr Lawton? Oh, let's! What I've done is I've created a little product which I call the Bubble Pod. Now, the Bubble mm. Pod takes any phone uh, that can run an Android app or an iOS app or even on the BlackBerry 10. You slip it in the top, it's got like a, a squeezy rubber bit, so it, so it doesn't have to, you know, really doesn't matter what the shape of that phone is, it'll even take an iPod touch. You put it into this little clockwork timetable that's probably the size of, um, actually I, I keep telling people it's the size of a tub of, t of sex wax, but then some people don't know what sex wax is, and that's a surfer uh, kind of... Kelly, sex of, wax? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> hilarious! If you're a surfer, you know exactly what sex wax is. If you're not, then it's probably, it's a little bit smaller than a hockey puck. It's that okay, kind of fair enough. I've heard yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's a, this funky little thing. You put your phone in it. You wind it up 360. It then works with our special app that's a little bit better than the iOS Panorama one. And you release the bubble pod. It rotates through 360 degrees in well under a minute. I'm talking about 40 seconds and we're getting it optimised exactly right now for the right lighting conditions. So in 40 seconds you get the most incredible resolution still 360 degree image. What and sort of resolution are we we're, talking? Uh, we're, we're talking 12,500 pixels by about 2,500 pixels. So we're talking the kind of image that you could blow up as big as a billboard if you wanted to. Wow. It's huge. I mean the shot I've got here behind me is shot with the bubble pod and the resolution is sublime so we've already had professional panoramic photographers coming to us and they're kind of disgruntled because they've bought some of these pieces of kit these special rigs for their dslrs that are costing them thousands of pounds and we're here with a product that's going to cost around about 20 quid and it does the same in fact it does it a little bit better because it does it so much quicker and it's that little bit smaller so it lends itself to being put in all sorts of different environments. Now there's a couple of sweet features that I've added. It's got a flat base on it, it's got a little rubber base on it, so it will sit on a wall or it will sit on a, wherever you might want to take your, your panorama. Oh, I can see a, at the bottom it's got a tripod thread there, so that goes on a tripod. It goes on a tripod as you'd want it to, so if you're an estate agent or you want to capture a space, you're a quantity surveyor, you can mount it, you can capture the world around you. Um, 
but, but, but at a professional grade. There's a little conical recess and a little yeah. some rubbery bits on the bottom. I gotcha. And, and as I say, it's quite small and allows itself to be in unusual places. It, this is designed so it fits on the top of a wine bowl. Ah, <laughs> okay. Because think of that scenario where you and your best friends or your family are sat around the dinner table. So we put the bubble pod in the middle of the table, in the wine bottle, and you get the most perfect high-resolution panorama of everybody. And it's uh, the results speak for themselves. And this is all about full-screen bubbles. Do you have to so stay fairly still while it's doing the table? You, it's not like a bubble scope. Bubble scope is all about one shot gets everything in that moment. So this is different. Where the bubble scope, you've got the spontaneity and it kind of all is happening and you could get the dynamic scene that's brilliant but this is about full screen zoomable bubbles that you can get right into you can see the um the the the, the freckles on your your niece's face and your you know all the little details in the shot and uh and so we're really excited about this product excellent right well, we should look forward to it what's it the size of again kelly sex wax sex, <laughs> sex wax exactly now i've got listeners who are googling sex wax and i'm, I'm imagining that they're getting varied results so there you go. Now this is a lovely, elegant solution. It's designed to fit in a wine bottle and record the people sitting around your dinner table or out in a barbecue in the garden or whatever else. Um, there is only one problem with both this solution and the Google Photosphere solution, which is you do need a special app that lets you navigate around it. So uh, you can't just like email a photo to someone without them having the app at the other end. This is the future where you go out somewhere, you take a photo and it's fully immersive. You can look behind you, above you, below you and change the angles around. It's just so nice doing it. I agree, but it does make me sad that everybody has to be signed up in order to enjoy a picture. Google Street Maps has changed the way we look at street maps. You know, you don't look at a two-dimensional photo anymore. You do want to be able to sort of scan next door and up and look at, look, you know, so that's how it's going to be. And Google's released a tool to let you do it. No, well, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I do love it. I just, I begrudge spending any extra money. You know what I'm like. So uh, very interesting, and the photo stitching thing is particularly good. So uh, frequency casters, if you fancy sending us a uh, 360 of where you are, we would love to see it. Drop us a line via the website. Hi, I'm Jason Bradbury from uh, The Gadget Show, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Go on then, Kelly, what are we up to at the moment? Well, at the moment, we're um, doing amateur radio, which seems to be your favourite pastime. Absolutely, yeah. We're sitting out in your back garden, which is all a little bit different. Lovely sunny uh, August day, just before uh, the uh, show gets put together for September. And, uh, yeah, we're working a couple of local amateurs. We were talking to uh, James and Mark uh, on the two-metre band. M6ILM, this is M6KFA. Having fun on the radio, are you, Kelly? Well, yeah, definitely. I think the more you do it, the uh, the easier it comes. Everyone always seems very shocked to hear a female voice on on the um, frequencies, but um, all good fun, all good fun. Well, you look like you're enjoying yourself. Another uh, couple of hours to go and you'll fill up your logbook. What do you reckon? I think you might be pushing it a little bit there. Everyone needs a cup of tea and a break every now and then. So, of course, Kelly, uh, what's your call sign? It's M6KFA. M6KFA. And have you got any messages out there for any of the amateurs that might be listening to the show? Oh, obviously, 88s to everybody. Now, Kelly, what is probably the most famous telephone number in the UK? Hmm. 
999. Well done. That's the one I was going for. The 999 service, apparently, according to good old Wikipedia, launched in 1939 as the UK emergency phone number. But the Institute of Engineering and Technology are looking at an overhaul of the 999 system. It's outdated, it needs improvement, and it needs to move with the 21st century. Okay. I've got to play you this clip before I do it, though. Big fan of the IT crowd? Um, I haven't actually really watched the IT crowd. Have you not tried switching it off and on again? No, very funny. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Big Bang Theory, yes. IT crowd, I've not got into yet. Well, this is their take on how 999 will one day be revised. From today, dialing 999 won't get you the emergency services. And that's not the only thing that's changing. Nicer ambulances, faster response times and better looking drivers mean they're not just the emergency services, they're your emergency services. So, remember the new number. In all seriousness, though, the survey is reporting that because so many of us are using text, not voice, the old dialing 999 system is pretty much outdated these days. According to an Ofcom survey, 94% of the 12 to 15-year-olds, all glued to their smartphones, of course, uh, do text. They instant message and they send standard SMS text. Only 3% of that demographic do voice calls. Well, they need to get over that. Go on, you tell them, girl. Well, I will. I mean, come on. If you're going to call 999, there's no reason. Like, why would you need to text that? Do you know, I was with you until I actually gave this a bit of thought. If you think about it, there are some strong advantages to doing it. For one thing, you can do it silently. So if you're in a situation where you want to summon help, but you don't want to make it obvious that you're summoning help, you could send a text message instead of a voice call. Well, let's hope you haven't left your um, keypad on with tones, but go on. <laughs> but also, um, this report goes on to say the idea of um, using what you text to route more efficiently. So, for instance, if you were in London and you said ambulance in Muswell Hill, the software at the other end could detect which ambulance centre to connect you to. So you don't have to go through the operator who says which service do you require, whereabouts are you located. It will send your phone number. It could, in theory, send your GPS coordinates as well. And also, you know, whether you want to be routed to ambulance, police or fire. So it could actually be a more efficient and faster way of doing it. I just, I don't understand. I mean, the thing is, I understand what you're saying and that completely makes sense, particularly to get through to specific services. But a lot of the time, they need to ask you questions to work out your priority and it's going to be so much quicker if you're just speaking to them i don't know i could be persuaded either way i mean this could be a situation where you send a message and they phone you back once it's got rooted to the right person i'm assuming that the proposal isn't to phase out the traditional 999 but to supplement it with text so it's an either or thing and i would imagine that it would be a case of someone contacting you back again if it's an add-on to the service I can understand. As long as the NHS don't end up being blamed for, for slow responses to things, simply because people are far too lazy to pick up a phone. That's the only downside I can see to, to this at the moment. 
The only downside I can see is don't have an accident or need the emergency services on New Year's Eve. Don't know about you, but sending out those Happy New Year text messages, you've got to be up till three in the morning to get them through the network. You wouldn't want to rely on that, would you? No, absolutely not. Or at a festival, to be honest. That's equally as bad. Well, let's see what happens. That's certainly the proposal at the moment is that the uh, the younger generation are going to be uh, all about the texting, the emergency services. Next, it'll be Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Can you imagine? Hashtag 999. Anyway, that's all for the moment. We're now going to look at your feedback to the last show. And boy, there's a lot of it. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Interaction time. The first one is from Faris in Harrow. And he starts by saying, happy birthday, Kelly. Of course, last month was your birthday. Did you have a good one? I did. I had a fantastic day. Thank you. Sun shining out in the garden. Absolutely perfect. You had a nice barbie going on. I enjoyed that. Yes, of course you did. You enjoy the barbecue, the annual barbecues every year. Perks of the job. It's great stuff. Well, uh, Faris talks about the app that we reviewed in the last show, which is called Ingress. Oh, it's a lovely app. It's going out, hacking portals, walking around. Oh, it's amazing. I've really, really got into it since we talked about it. He says, I flipping love Ingress. Been playing about two months but got banned, probably because I'm using it on Jola, so I guess breaching their terms. Currently begging for forgiveness and have bought a Moto G 4G just for Ingress. Yes, seriously. Why? Because Ingress is the only thing I've found that is keeping me active regularly. He says, uh, looking forward to the next show, and he says, frequency cast for when click just ain't cutting the mustard. Uh, We also heard from Jacob, and he says... Hey, Pete, congratulations on level three in Ingress. Although I'm actually at level six now, Jacob, but there you go. It's ridiculous how many people are getting in touch just because you play Ingress. I'm a big fan of Ingress myself and have been playing for over a year now. I will recommend this game to all, young and a little bit older as well. We Resistance can provide any help and support for new players, as long as they will join Blue Team, aka Smurfs, and not Green, aka Frogs. Yeah, it's all about the Blue Team versus the Green Team. I'm, of course, a Blue. I'm a Smurf. Good fun. You really seriously want to get into it. It is uh, It is good. Uh, and of course, it's free and available for both Android and iOS. Next, we heard from Adam Child about the kit that you're going to be building. Yes, he says the useless box would keep me amused for hours. And we had lots of good feedback on people trying that little video clip of the box throwing the switch there. Uh, he also correctly identified the little musical teaser uh, that we stuck in at the uh, beginning of the last show. Uh, Road to Nowhere is what you'd see on your sat-nav display. So uh, well done, Adam. Next, we heard from Nigel Austin Weeks with a complaint about a little boo-boo I made in the last show. Go on, Kelly. Shame on you, Pete. Nigel says, on show 102, when speaking about Nest products, you said, Nest is a nice home automation system that lets you access and control smoke, CO2 alarms and thermostats over the internet. Nope, it monitors carbon monoxide, CO, not carbon dioxide, CO2. Tut, tut, tut. Yeah, well spotted, Nigel. Of course, I was just testing. Uh, Next, we heard from Steve. What did Steve have to say? He says, I can't recall an episode that covered Miracast, Airplay and similar technologies. I'm particularly interested in the screen sharing, casting or whatever the term is. Maybe you could do something. 
yeah, definitely worth considering. That's the idea of basically mirroring what's on your phone onto a TV. We haven't really looked into that. We did a bit on Aircast when Apple TV came out. But yes, maybe that's one to cover. Uh, get in touch if you think that's something uh, you'd like us to talk about and perhaps tell us your experiences of sharing your tablet and phone content on the TV. Be interested to hear from you. He also says... I still miss Google Listen and use the lovely antenna pod to listen on my Android phone. But I'm getting into Stitcher. Frequency cast isn't listed though. Missing an opportunity? I think we are. Yep, we'll have to sort that one out and get ourselves listed on Stitcher. We also heard from Philip Steele. He says, hello from across the pond in Rockport, New York, US of A. From a listener, excellent show. Found your podcast by accident and download every episode I can. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Philip. We also heard from Colin Darwin in Belfast. A very, very, very long Facebook message all about our piece on copyright and downloading movies illegally. Uh, we haven't got time to read the whole thing out, but let's have a little sample there, Kelly. Loved your discussion on cinema versus purchasing films versus the dreaded illegal downloading, and it's very much a subject close to my heart. At present, I have just under 1,500 DVDs, and if I can, I will always download a film before buying it. Why? Because I think I have a right to know what I'm spending my hard-earned cash on before I throw it away on something that's utter garbage. He says, I feel it's an often overlooked fact that illegal downloading can actually result in more money being spent on film products rather than less, at least by those of us who truly adore cinema. And I can categorically state I've discovered hundreds of great films that I wouldn't have done otherwise by previewing, i.e. downloading, before buying the hard copies and adding to my collection. Thank you very much to Colin and to everyone that got in touch with uh, feedback on the last show. Let's see what you've got to say about this one and what errors we've made this time. How do people get in touch, Kelly? You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133 4567. Or you can send us a text, not to 999, but to 07882 041. Or you can send us an email via the Contact Us button on our site. We'll catch you on the next show and have a great 360 month. Bye-bye. Frequency Cast. Shut down in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there... Click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.